is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 569, recorded Friday, February 25th, 2022. 69. It's Friday, everybody. Um, Sorry about the day extra or the late day for this one. Uh, Turns out yesterday was my wife's birthday and we decided to take the night off from podcasting and just have a nice evening uh, as a family. Yeah, it's all the birthdays. All the birthdays except you. That's right. All the birthdays are this week. Your wife just had hers. My wife yep. just had hers. And yours is tomorrow. Mine is tomorrow. My mom's was last week. Uh, my neighbor's was like either today or yesterday. <laughs> Jasper was unclear on the actual day when uh, when he said it was his birthday. Your your son Jasper is keeping track of your neighbor's birthday? Well, they were out shoveling the driveway together. Ah. So Jenny was shoveling ours. Jasper went over and helped shovel the driveway. Joe mentioned that it was his birthday, but Jasper failed to recall whether it was today or <laughs> yesterday. He's a very unreliable source of information. For sure. Yeah. But it's around this time. All right. Well, happy birthday to him, to you, to the yeah. wives, to everybody else who has a birthday right now. It's birthday season, everybody. It sure is. So there you go. Well... We are here tonight to do our listener feedback for The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 9, which was called No Other Way. And I got to say, man, this is going to be, I think, a great feedback podcast. Okay. Because we got, I mean, it's... It's really excited me here this week because we have lots of regular contributors, okay, you know, people that have been listening for a long time and that have been sending feedback for a long time, but we got some new people as well this week. We even have people who've only written in in the past, but now are recording like an actual message for the first time. So it's it's really made me feel good and feel happy about what we're about to do here tonight. And I just want to thank everybody for that. That's uh, That's excellent. Yeah. It's excellent. It's it's very, very cool. So I'm excited to get into it, and I think it's going to go really well. First, though, I do want to mention that The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 9, got 1.76 million viewers. I, I, I can't do it anymore. I don't know if that's up or down. It's down. It's down. I think it's the lowest number for Season 11, which is weird when you consider this is technically like a mid-season premiere, which often has a little bump because there's some hype around it coming back and people are like, oh, I got to check in and see what's going on, you know? But here we are with the lowest number of the season. Yeah, people get tired of stuff that's been around for a decade, right? Well, yeah, that's true. But then there's loyal people that uh, that watch religiously uh, like us, but... And all of our fantastic fans. But there's, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of people out there just like, oh, The Walking Dead again? Jesus. Still? It's still going? Really? Still? Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till it ends and then I'll check it out maybe. Yeah. I there's so if- much, like you were saying, there's so much good content out there that, uh, uh, you know, there's always this, the new thing, right? There's mm-hmm. always something new to go and watch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There is. I My list of TV shows right now that I want to watch is actually longer than it's been in a while. And uh, I think I've said this before, but I feel like I have less time on my hands to watch TV than ever before right now. So there's all kinds of things I want to watch. Obviously, I'm not going to stop watching this show, 
but yeah. I do wish I could get to things like Yellow Jackets and, you know, keep going on some other shows that have just come back, you know, that I've been watching for a long time. So there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. You're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our listener feedback, Jason. And here we go. Listener feedback. We are going to begin, speaking of longtime listeners, with a call from Anwen. Hey, Chris and Jason. I'm so glad that the main show is back. Um, I never got into World Beyond and I rage quit fear after John Dory. So I'm happy and excited that it's back. Um, loved this episode. I do agree it would have been better as a finale to last season, but it was a really great way to kick it off. And I'm glad to see the end of Carver. Like I've said before, why, why, why are characters named Carver always the bad guy? Um, anyway, he was so annoying. I'm glad he's gone. Maggie was absolutely badass. And I think it's quite interesting to see how they really are setting up to show how badass she is in terms of maybe she will become kind of maybe not the bad guy, but definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, in the final season and there was a few moments there that were just so tense and exciting I honestly thought it was going to be Aaron's final episode when the zombies started coming out of the water in slow motion I thought oh my god this is the hero death Um, but I am glad that he's sticking around because I really like him as well I loved Gabriel on the rooftop when he when he came on the radio and said you can call me Gabriel oh, I thought that was fantastic and Alden's death it was really heartbreaking and to see Maggie so vulnerable like that um, after all of her badassery was really really sad uh, can't wait to see what happens next week and I do think that we're going to end up going back to see what happened in that six month break and how we get there um, I quite like that storytelling method where you see what's going to come in the future and then you see how they get there. So that should be really cool. Keep up the great work. See ya. Thanks, Anwen. I don't think she will mind me saying, but her last name is Carver. So it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of fun that all the Carvers we ever see on this show or Walking Dead or even other things, probably they're usually the bad guy. There's the there's the guy on this show. There was a bad guy named Carver in the Walking Dead video game, the Telltale game. I don't remember if you got far enough into it to encounter him, but uh, it's always Carver is the bad guy. So that's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. You all, all you just put the first names in the uh, the feedback and stuff. So I do. Uh, I I never knew that. I was thinking, uh, you know, why wouldn't they have a bad guy named Feathers? Because I think that would be a good name too for a bad guy. Sort of like when you call the really huge dude Tiny in the mob. In the mob, well, just you know Johnny Feathers, right? That's right. got to be a bad guy, right? <laughs> I, I guess. Why not? Yeah, Johnny Feathers. He's coming to get you. Yeah, or Fluffy John. That'd be that'd be a bad guy too. So. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the ironical, uh, the ironical thing. But Carver's a little too on the nose, right? Right. It, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good name. I, in fact, I think it's a great name. But uh, you you can just see writers sitting around going, "All right, we need a name that sort of sounds bad." Like, what would you not want to happen? Well, I don't want to be carved up. Yeah, got Jim, it. Jimmy stabs. That'd be a. <laughs> A little on the nose as well. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. So yeah. Carver being the bad guy. Uh, otherwise, Anwen made a you know a bunch of uh, good points. I like how she referred to Maggie as a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, which can go either way, good, bad, whatever. Either way, she's a force, 
And yeah, forces are not uh, good or bad. They're just forces. That's like right. the force of gravity, it can be good, but it can also be very bad. It depends on uh, how, exactly. <laughs> it depends on what it, what situation you're in at any any moment, right? Yeah. If you're if you're being interacted uh, acted upon by the force of gravity and nothing's stopping you, at the moment, it's not so bad. But you know that comes at a price. It really does. Really does. Yeah. Um, she also mentioned Aaron almost dying when she saw zombies kind of in slow motion coming up out of the water. You know, good point. That was a big scene for Aaron and a flawed scene in many, many ways. But you see zombies in slow motion underwater like that. You can't see what's going on. I I could have understood if he, if that was his last scene and he died. Obviously he didn't, but, you know, I, I... Now that I think about it, should have been a little bit more afraid for him, maybe, in the moment. Hadn't occurred to me that he might die. No. You think he's just safe for now? Uh, I don't know. We're, uh, we're coming up on the, uh, uh, on the short straw for the rest of the seasons, right? So I think anybody's on the chopping block at this point. Well, you're probably right. Well, uh, except for, you know, Carol and Daryl. We do know they have to move on to their other show, so they're probably pretty safe unless they pull the rug out from under us some way, but I mean, yeah, Aaron, unless Daryl takes Carol, uh, zombie Carol on a, uh, a motorcycle journey across the U S <laughs> yeah. sightseeing tour. Maybe, why not? Just put her on the front of the motorcycle. So you're behind her and it's a little safer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you. And, and for all those points. Very, very nice. Next we have a call from Paul y'all. I, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I know. I always love giving you the calls from Paul. <laughs> hey, Chris and Jason, this is Paul in England. I've never sent you a voice recording before, but as it's Jason's 50th birthday this week, I just wanted to say happy birthday, mate. Hope you have a great day. So uh, about this episode, um, the whole thing with Aaron in the basement, you know, him leaping from that little tiny window looks stupid and him crawling along the pipe also looks really stupid, but... How the hell did he even get up there in the first place? I mean, the guy has like a spike for a hand, pretty much. I don't know. Um, but besides that, you know, I, I do love a good what-the-fuck ending, and this episode certainly delivered on that. So, uh, yeah, good start to this nearly final season, sort of part one of two. I don't know. No, two or three? Yeah, whatever's happening. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> all right, <laughs> two or three. Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, Jason, a bunch of people wrote or called or whatever to wish you a happy birthday. So uh, make sure you are, I, I wanted to make sure you're aware of that. Uh, but in terms of Aaron getting up on that thing, like, do you think it'd be hard to like climb up onto a pipe hanging like that? If you really only have one non weaponized hand. Well, it depends. Okay. Uh, you know, for uh, someone like Aaron, maybe not someone like me. Absolutely. I'm not getting up on that pipe. It wouldn't even occur to me. Huh. I'd be like, yeah, I'd look up and go, but it's like, that's no, there's no way there's, it wouldn't happen. So, so what and is soaking wet? Cause, uh, if your clothes are all wet, you weigh 30 pounds heavier than you did before you got in the water, right? Uh -huh. Like there's, uh, that's why people drowned in the, uh, the 1500s or 1600s because they wore head to toe, uh, you know, woolen clothes, right? You get in the water, you're going to weigh a hundred pounds more than you did before you got in. That's what you know, you fall in a creek, you drown. Jeez. That's, that's, it's fucking crazy. I'm glad I do not live 500 years ago. I really am. But, uh, could he get up, uh, could Aaron get up on that pipe? I guess so. Well, he right? clearly did. Yeah. 
So I'm going to have to assume that he's a specimen specimen of a human being uh, and is able to use his spiked hand to uh, get himself a nice good grip on something I mean, uh, I, to get him up there. I guess you got to remember, the girls were standing on a table at one point, so I wonder if he could have climbed up on the table, got himself yeah. closer to the pipe and sort of scrambled yeah. up. Yeah, or maybe the water's deeper now and zombies yeah. don't float. I don't know. Either they're way. Full, I, they're full of rotted holes, right? So they'd be soaking wet too, right? That's true. So yeah. maybe they couldn't, zombies can't jump. Is that uh, is that a thing? No, I don't think they jump. They don't jump. They don't really, <laughs> yeah, they just shamble. Kind of shamble. I guess they, they don't jump. I wonder why that is. No, I don't know. Yeah. So what, you, what you're saying though is there's a difference between you and Aaron and he could get onto a pipe <laughs> And you, you could not. So, so many different. <laughs> but yes, the ultimately, uh, he could get up onto a pipe, and I don't. I wouldn't even try. I don't know if I could or not, but it would. Uh, it would be something that I would say. There's, there's no way. And just, and for, just give up. And uh, I, I, well, let's face it. I'd be dead long before that situation ever occurred. But if I would found myself in that situation, it'd be dire. Just for the record, the only real difference I see between you and him is he has a glorious beard and you don't. It's that, well, that's one difference. Okay. Uh, he has an awesome, you know, spiked uh, mace of a hand right. and is able to attach various other uh, accoutrements to right. it. And uh, I do not. I just have uh, the ability to use my fingers. Well, I didn't want to assume anything. I haven't seen you in person in some time. So you, you could have had a mace hand by now. I don't I Still have both hands. Oh, good, good. Uh, nat- natural, you know, mama-born human <laughs> hands. <laughs> Perfect. All right then. <laughs> then you got one up on Aaron. <laughs> uh, yeah. Depends. I how mean, you I've look got at it. I've got more than the average number of hands for the human race. Uh, yes. Good. Uh, this is a call from Owen. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Owen in Leeds, England, uh, with a recording on episode nine, season eleven. The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, overall, I did enjoy the episode. I did. I've just spent a few minutes thinking about it, and I was really kind of like down on it at first because there's just some stupid stuff. Like, show us how Aaron escaped. Don't just, yeah, bloody Walking Dead. They don't need to hide it. Show us how we did it, you cowards. But yeah, um, Negan. Good God, Negan's just so cool. He's a cool guy. He's the best guy. And he is the hero of the story. Maggie's the villain. Down with Maggie. There's nothing redeemable about her. Yeah, get rid of her. She's no good. Uh, Eugene's turned up at the end with his happy gang. And then Daryl turns up with his happy gang. And I like that. That that got me excited. It's like, right, the Reapers are done. The Reapers are gone. We don't need to worry about the Reapers anymore. On to the Commonwealth. Bring it on. Yes, guys. Thank you for your shows you do. Um, They're great fun. So, yeah. Have a good day. He talked about Negan being super awesome and being a great character and sort of the hero of the story now, which I'm not sure I agree with. But I do enjoy watching Negan a lot these days and some of just the little facial expressions that JDM does and, and things like that. So... I can at least get on board with that when it comes to Negan. There's there's no good people left in this show. May, maybe Aaron. Maybe, maybe Aaron's the only good person left, but everybody else is a fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, pretty much, right? Uh, Father Gabe, 
he kills people, murders people. Uh, well, everybody murders people, but yeah. uh, I don't think there's any good people. Maybe Judas. Maybe Judas. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> and Aaron, and that's it. Everybody else, uh, you know, is on the uh, on the evil spectrum. But but I mean, Owen was saying down with Maggie. I don't I don't want that to happen. I want I am all in on Maggie. I want to see what they do with her. I want to see what happens to that character. I I have, I mean, starting with this episode, well, not really starting with it, but this is the first one since she's returned to the show where I was really like, oh my God, Maggie, how awesome is she? I, I just enjoy watching her. So I don't want Maggie to go down. I don't want her to disappear. I think she's one of the most fascinating characters on the show right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, evil characters are interesting. So yeah, yeah. bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. Totally. Thank you, Owen, for that call. Thank you. Next, we have an email from Chris in Dayton. After a bit of underwhelming, a uh, bit of an underwhelming run in 11A, The Walking Dead is back, baby. This episode was well-paced. I actually felt the characters were in danger during some tense moments, and Maggie and Gabe's savagery was rather unexpected. How many times have the characters shown mercy only to have it bite them down the road? Did it bite them? Well, uh, it may not have yet, but I think what he's referring to is Maggie letting uh, Leah live. I don't know if she'd let Leah live. She shot her, right? She meant to shoot her in the head. And missed, I guess. And missed. So she lives. I don't know if Maggie let her live. I mean, she could have chased her down, though. She didn't. She turned around, shot the dude on the ground again, and then went back to kill Carver. On uh, Yeah, Carver on the ground. Carver? Yes. <laughs> um, we just talked about that. Uh, so she she kind of let Leah live. Yeah, she didn't think it was worth it, I guess. Yeah, maybe. But I think that's the point. Like, if Leah's still alive out there, it's not an accident in, from a show standpoint. So she's probably going to come back in some shape or form later on and stir up some shit, right? Yeah. That's well, I mean, it could, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they just let her go and, uh, you know, we've only got a, a couple of half a seasons left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple of half left. Right. And three halves. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, they probably will bring her back, but they don't have to. No, they don't. But I mean, I, I would kind of even question whether her not killing her is actually really showing that much mercy. Like she did shoot her, you know, that's. It's hard to survive a gunshot regardless of where it hits you. So maybe Maggie's just like, ah, she's going to die anyways. You know, I don't need to go after her. But this is TV. And as we know, unless you show someone's body, they're not dead. And even sometimes when you do, they're not dead. So when someone's shot in the shoulder, it feels pretty survivable. And I expect Leah to return at some point. Yeah, you just pack that with mud and uh, wrap a bandage around it and you're good to go in like two episodes. No problem. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, like we've talked about, uh, uh, injuries are, uh, you know, a dime a dozen in this universe and uh, people heal quickly. They do. Uh, to very. deal with the uh, the very flimsy bodies that they have. You can stab <laughs> through heads with uh, uh, soft implements and you can punch people, you can punch people's heads right off in this. Pretty sure. much, pretty much. You got flimsy bodies, but you heal really quick. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's a different, if it's a different universe. Yeah, of course. Okay, next up, we've got this email from Tiffany in Durham, North Carolina. 
And she says, Father Gabe is not Catholic. That's why he didn't cross himself with the holy water. Yeah, I don't know from religions. And I just saw a font and I'm like, you know, Father Gabe, cross yourself. Right, right. Like, I, that didn't cross. occur to me either, really. Um, but I guess that could be the reason. I am, I'm not totally sure. Uh, Tiffany's email was a little bit longer than that. And Jason, she wanted you to know that... Yeah. Her granddaddy used to say that all great men were born in February. That's so true. You're in that group. And apparently the quote was that he used to say is George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and points to self, Bob LeBrec. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Who is, who is from Quebec, apparently. And Johnny Cash. Tiffany. Oh, when's his birthday? Tomorrow. I share a birthday with Johnny Cash. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. All right. All great men. Oh, it's all good. All right. Well, thank you, Tiffany. All right. Next, we have a call from Zarina. One of the new people to have never called before. I just wanted to point that out. So thank you, well, Zarina. I'm sure she's not a new person because new people don't use, know, know how to use phones, right? I Maybe suppose. Maybe their parents that call and, and stuff. She's uh, new to the show, but I don't think she's a new person. All right. Well, well you know, I, I don't want to judge. Maybe, maybe she's new. Yeah. Maybe she just got here from somewhere else. <laughs> well, let's listen and find out. You never know. All right, good. Hi, you guys. My name is Zarina. I'm from Bay Area. I'm a new but already up-to-date listener. Um, you guys only took me two months, but I feel like you're my family now uh, because your voices wouldn't shut up in my head. <laughs> I was wondering why nobody had poked the guy that Daryl killed in a kid's room. Holy crap, did you did you see Father Gabe get rid of his the Roman color thing? I genuinely thought that he resigned as a priest because he even introduced himself as Gabe and I loved that moment I loved the moment I mean I kept screaming at the screen when he seemed almost convinced by this other priest that he's supposed to you know listen to God you know I don't believe in that in that universe there's like just delusional guys and Thank God he killed that guy. Thank God. And I also am super excited about his, um, you know, uh, con game that they, the, the long con that they played with the Father Gabe being new sniper. And I love the line how he said that no, nobody by that name here call me Gabriel. Oh my God, like an angel of death. <laughs> well, uh, you guys, I love you both. You're doing a great job. Bye. Thank you, Zarina. I just kind of liked her enthusiasm for uh, for everything and all that she said about Father Gabe because it was really, really well done. It was. In this episode, the the switch with the sniper and the, the Call Me Gabriel line, so great. Um, but off the top, she mentioned or questioned, why didn't anybody stab Austin in the head. He's that guy that Daryl choked out in the after the knife fight in the room there. And I was like, they didn't? That seems unusual. And I went back and looked and Daryl doesn't stab him in the head. And then Leah comes in and she grieves over him for a minute, then just leaves him. So that dude is mm. going to wake up as a zombie like five minutes from now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's wandering around somewhere. It just seems like an oversight. Why not put him down 
for good. Yeah. You know, maybe people just don't think it's worth it sometimes. I guess not. I don't know. It's weird though. I But I didn't notice it upon normal watch. Uh, so thank you, Zarina, for pointing that out. It, it is kind of weird. All right. Next is a call. Another call from Sarah in the UK. Hi. Sarah here from the UK, Cheshire in the UK. Holy crap. No Jensen here. Call me Gabriel. What a line. I jumped out of my seat. I was so excited. It was amazing. And then they zoomed down to Negan's face. Amazing. I loved it so much. Brilliant episode. So sad to see Alden go. He was a great character. Um, Can't wait to see now what's going to happen with this Commonwealth. But oh my God. Daryl, seriously, taking off that mask. I thought him and Carol were going to, you know, ride off into the sunset together at the end when it finishes. So I can't wait now for next week to see what happens. I'm finally up to date. I've been listening to your podcast since about November last year. I started from the first episode. I've listened to all your uh, reviews of every episode of The Walking Dead because um, I, I watched it years ago but I'd kind of you know uh, got lost with it and now I'm back series 11 so I'm finally this is the first time I've been able to send a recording because I'm up to date with where you guys are up to I love the podcast I love you guys so much Jason you have me howling every episode I think you're brilliant your insights are amazing so I can't wait to hear what you guys have got to say and um, I'll speak to you soon bye Hey, guess what, Jason? Your insights are amazing. Uh, I've heard that. <laughs> oh, all right then. <laughs> it's, it's good Just that you now, already, in fact. already know, yeah. <laughs> um, Daryl and Carol riding off into the sunset is what she mentioned. I, there's still plenty of time for that to happen. You know, it's it's going to become a thing. And just to remind everyone, you and I have a, a wager. I, I mean, maybe not really a wager, but we made some predictions like a year ago, maybe more about what episode would be their last episode, uh-huh. kind of based on the assumption that they leave together, which may not be true at all. But I have a sticky note on the wall over here that says, Chris predicts episode 21 of this season and Jason episode 24. So all the way to the end, I just wanted to remind oh, yeah. everybody of that. I, I assumed, I assumed that I was right in that and that there were, I forgot about the wager. But it makes perfect sense because uh, they're going to be there till the end. Why would they have a spinoff that starts before the end? Well, not that the spinoff starts, just that their story will wrap up in some way before the end of this season. They'll ride off into the sunset together, as Sarah said, and then The Walking Dead will conclude one or two or three episodes later. I, I feel like they might do something like that, but who knows? Who knows? They could also ride these two characters right to the final episode. And whatever happens in that episode is what pushes them off onto their own. And there they go. Yeah. I'm afraid you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, it's, you know, it's happened before. I've yeah. being wrong. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I understood what you meant. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So next we have an email from other Mike in London. I love this episode, but I also noticed three moments of deja vu while watching it. Uh, number one, the Reaper hostage handover felt very similar to the sequence sequence in season five with the Grady Memorial Hospital cops uh, taken hostage by Rick's group. This scene also featured a sniper on the nearby rooftop taking a shot mid-negotiation to demonstrate an advantage for one side. 
In that instance, it was Sasha. Number two, Aaron warned that the burning windmill collapsing onto the wall would create a breach that they couldn't fix. Just like when the tower collapsed and onto the Alexandria wall in season six and the zombie horde poured in. Number three, Eugene led a rival group to Alexandria's gates. He also did this with the saviors in the season seven finale. So these are uh, similar moments to what we saw in this episode, but I got to say, while I was watching it, it didn't occur to me really that they were similar in any way. Even though over the years, you know, you and I have talked about how the show in a way recycles things a little bit thematically sometimes really often. Uh, But here they are kind of reusing similar uh, set pieces and things like that. But, you know, it didn't occur to me while I was watching it. And I thought this was all really good new stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe they're doing it right this time. Okay. Right. So uh, that, that. That's it. You know, maybe they did it before, but this time they're doing it right. So we didn't notice. We didn't notice. Yeah. it's And doing it right means making it just different enough so that you don't project back and go, oh, that's the same as what I saw three years ago. Yeah. Uh, except for other Mike who obviously uh, saw these and went, hey, they did this before. So he has a some kind of preternatural uh, ability to uh, understand uh, similarity. Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have forgotten more about The Walking Dead than some people have ever known. So <laughs> could be could be something like that for me anyways. I don't know. I, I've, I've forgotten most things about The Walking Dead. Yeah. Well, it's the only show you've ever watched once. So someday it'll be fun for you to watch it all again. It's pretty it's pretty crazy uh, when you think about it because that, that doesn't happen. No, I know. Like shows that I like, right? Sure. Like some shows that I, I don't care about, I don't watch more than once. Yeah. 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 Well, that makes sense. If you don't like it, why are you going to watch it again? But Well, even choice. if it's sort of okay, I'm like, ah, I watched that. I'm done with that. Like, I'm not going to watch, uh, what was that show? We just watched it. We just watched it? was season five. It had, uh, it went a little off the rails. There was a zombie apocalypse in it. I'm spoiling a show. Ooh. Maybe uh, we shouldn't say the title. <laughs> Cause okay, I we're not going to say the title. That was one of the things that I know what you're talking about, but that was one of the reasons I wanted you to watch it. So Yeah, I'm not going to watch that show again. No, okay. Fair enough. I talked you into it and didn't go <laughs> I'm so well. watch Lost like, like five more times, I bet. Easily. Yeah, you've already watched it five times probably. Probably, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Other Mike. This next email comes from Matt in South Wales. And Matt says, it's a small observation, and I don't think it's hugely important, but I thought it was interesting to see how Maggie dispatched her enemies in much the same vicious way that Negan did, and for similar reasons, being ultra-violent for the benefit of the people she cared for. Albeit Maggie's revenge being more reactionary than Negan's methodical head-bashing approach, I was surprised that Negan didn't point this out uh, to her, i.e., see, it's easy to be this way when you have to, or that Maggie herself didn't empathize with Negan a bit more. Not necessarily forgiving him, but seeing why he may have been so ruthless in doing what he thought was right to protect himself, his group, and his settlement. Anyway, pretty hypothetical, but wondering what you both thought. Bye! I wanted to include the bye at the end there. It's funny. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you see any similarities, Jason, between the way Negan was so ultra-violent and brutal when he bashed in Glenn's head and what Maggie did to these people, the Reapers, as they walked away, basically? Uh, well, Maggie did it for revenge, and uh, Negan did it to make a point. Uh, so that's 
dissimilar. Like she was angry and wanted to kill them because she because they killed people that she loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Negan bashed in uh, bashed in Glenn's head and Abraham's head because he wanted to subjugate these people that he hadn't uh, uh, really seen before. Right. So that's it, there's a big difference there. I guess the motivations are a little bit different, but on the other hand, you're still engaging in willful, ultra-violent murder of of yeah. some people. Now, Maggie killing uh, Gregory, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is absolutely like what Negan did to Glenn and Abraham. Is that even the same, though? Like, Gregory betrayed her, and again, she was going for revenge, so... But she did it to make a point and yeah. not to get necessarily revenge. It was very cold-blooded what she did. Right. Uh, in that instance. Here it was, uh, you know, I sure I said you could go and I thought I could uh, I could let it happen, but I can't let it happen. Yeah. It's yeah. still an evil thing to do. Don't get me wrong, but it's, uh, I think it's different than what Negan did. Right. Negan had no, Negan's reasons were entirely self-serving, right? Yeah. Uh, Maggie with Gregory, there was some of that but he did betray her. And with the Reapers here, you know, you could, I'm not saying I am, but you could almost argue that what she was doing was for the benefit of not only her, but all of her people, because letting them live just seems like they're going to come back and try to exact their revenge on them again. So I don't know. Uh, It's a a tricky question, but Mm. it, I do take Matt's point that, there is some similarity there and you know the the difference between Maggie and Negan may not be as great anymore as it once was no but much like good guys and bad guys on this show they're kind of two sides of the same coin right? yeah yeah you're very right about that very right everyone's just doing what they need to do to survive a yeah do, doing what they need to do to save the people they love b and uh, having a hell of a time doing it yeah, and some people just like to murder little girls. <laughs> some people do, and yet she's everybody's favorite character. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, it comes and goes. <laughs> it comes and goes. It comes and goes. Yeah. All right, next we have uh, we have an email from Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey. Matt writes, I really enjoyed the premiere. I specifically wanted to point out the knife fight between Daryl and Austin. They both looked like they were taking full swings and swipes at each other. Very entertaining. Yeah, it was good. When I went back to check on uh, if anyone stabbed Austin in the head, I watched the whole scene again. It's a good knife fight. They really are swinging at each other. It yeah. seems very, very real. I mean, it was just like all the knife fights I've been in. Yeah, no, knife fights make me giggle because uh, there's an <laughs> adage uh, that uh, the the loser of a knife fight dies at the scene. The winner of the knife fight dies in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Yeah. Like, you get into a knife fight, you do not win. There, you, you, a sword fight, maybe, but a knife fight's a little too in close to, for anybody to uh, not get fucking sliced open. No matter what, everyone's getting sliced, yeah. So. That's why I like Steven Seagal movies so much, because he loves getting in the knife fights. And it's always clink, 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 and uh, <laughs> he never gets he never gets touched with the knife. Well, he's he's a pro. He's an expert knife fighter. That guy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, or, or something. I don't. Some know. Some of his later movies, like I watched. Uh, there's a. I went into a YouTube spiral by this guy who just went on a uh, a Steven Seagal rant and basically reviewed all of his movies. 
And uh, there's some weird shit out there that Steven Seagal did after uh, uh, he started going direct to video. <laughs> so he's like uh, Bruce Willis right now. Ah, no, not quite. Oh, not like quite? It's, uh, not quite. Bruce Willis still has, uh, he has some cachet, whereas uh, Steven Seagal basically, he couldn't do, he, there was a movie where he refused to stand up. Anytime you saw him standing, it was a stunt double. Like every time he stood up That's and weird. when he talks to somebody, every time he talks to them, he talks to them, uh, in their own kind of language. Like when he talks to somebody Asian, he kind of has an Asian bent to his language. When he talks to somebody black, he talk he has this, this bent to his language that is completely and utterly racist and just absolutely horrible. That's but he weird. does it in every movie. It's fucking weird that is a anyway, weird dude i don't know how oh yeah knife fight yes good good knife fight between da uh, daryl and austin and only one person died which is fantastic yeah fantastic all right next email is from diana in chicago and diana writes i wanted to write in to give alden his due his story arc was incredible even with his limited screen time Alden went from being a savior to becoming a good friend to Maggie and Earl and was baby Adam's latest surrogate parent. Also, his love story with Enid the spy was beautiful, but ultimately tragic. Just like Enid died fighting the Whisperers, Alden died fighting the Reapers. But unlike Enid, he tragically died by himself. When they showed the Reaper walker in the church, I knew there must have been a fight. Both Angela Kang and Callan McAuliffe confirmed that Alden was discovered by the Reapers. There was a fight during which Alden's legs were broken, and that is why he was only crawling toward Maggie. Even though it wasn't clear during this scene, his throat was also slit. Poor Alden fought to the death even while already injured and still somehow managed to take out one of the Reapers. It may be because I want all of our survivors to make it to the end, since the finish line is so close, but I'm not prepared for any of them to die. R.I.P. Alden. Wow. So sad. Poor guy. I'm kind of sad to see him go too. You know, he was, he was, he had his moments, but he was definitely always a secondary character, almost to the level of background character at times. But anytime he had something to do, it was pretty cool. And as Diana said, he came from being a savior originally. Yeah. Not many yep. characters survived from Negan's original group of saviors. Not a lot. There's, what's her name? Uh, with the neck tattoo? Uh, neck tattoo? Yeah. Anyway, never mind. Maybe I'll think of something else. Does Magna? Uh, Magna has tattoos, doesn't she? But no, she, she wasn't a savior. There's oh, someone. I'm... Diane? Yeah, Which... I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I don't know why I talk. Why do I talk? I don't. Uh, so yeah, Alden, great. Bye bye, Alden. And there's a lot of information there that uh, did not appear on screen. Uh, that apparently Angela Kang and Colin McAfee, McAlfee, McAlfee, McCall, McAuliffe, McAuliffe. Yeah. Uh, had you know gave us uh, outside of the show. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. If it was from Talking Dead, the AMC show, or some other interview, or something like that. I I don't watch that show anymore. Um, but maybe that's where it came from. And I agree. Some of that maybe should have been a little bit more evident in the show, but at the same time, like, what do you need to know? Like the poor guy was injured. He was trying to survive here. He was 
murdered by one of these reapers who found him. And the important thing was Maggie's reaction to finding the poor guy dead, I think. So I, I appreciate all that extra color that that gets added to the scene from that information. But I don't really think it was necessary to have that in the show. I don't think. Yeah, I'm fine that they didn't have it in there. It yeah. wouldn't have occurred to me. I didn't like the why he was crawling. I have no idea. I didn't care. No, uh, I didn't really right? think of it either. No. So, yeah, I mean, he was a secondary character, but he was entertaining while he was alive. He was. He was very much so. So R.I.P. Alden. Yeah. Next, we have an email from Ellie in Brisbane, Australia. I have to agree with the feedback on Daryl and Connie's reunion. It seemed a bit put on. I guess we weren't going to have a slow-mo montage of seeing him and her and it going too deep, but maybe they could have uh, isolated it from the group reunion. Anyway, it's a huge nitpick. I was more upset about the dirty apples, to be honest. <laughs> Considering a bunch of people just died to get those well-preserved apples, then doof, dropped on the floor that was probably covered in zombie guts and ash. Jeez, thanks, Daryl. Thanks, Daryl. Yeah, he just drops the bushel of apples to go over and hug Connie, which, fine, I, he needs to do that, and I appreciated seeing it, but, like, you couldn't just put them down on the ground and then go over? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? No. Just throw them down? Sure. Yeah, it's also bad luck to uh, eat an apple before, without rubbing it on your shirt first. I don't know where I've heard that, but I always make sure I rub an apple before I eat it. I mean, do you wash it with water and then rub it on your shirt as well? Yeah, yeah, water and uh, dish soap. Get all the crap off of it. Okay. All get right, it all nice well. and clean, but then I rub it on my shirt, getting it all dirty again. Right, then, right. Because yeah. I, I wear nothing but dirty shirts, right? It's very clear, uh, if you get to know me, mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, just always wear dirty shirts. If it, if the shirt goes through the wash, uh, I just leave it on the floor for a couple of days. Sure. And then I put it on. Throw it out in the yard for a while, then throw it on. Yeah, good. Wow, well, it's pretty cold out there. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> Do that. Get it all wet and put it out on the back of a chair and then it'll stand up on its own after a while. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I really want to do that now. Of I've, course. Um, yeah. I've seen uh, people do that on uh, YouTube. It, yeah. Uh, and that seems like a great idea. It's funny with a pair of pants because just seeing a pair of pants frozen standing there on their own is funny. It's. I can't. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine why not. Yeah. Of course. All righty. Moving right along. Nathan in Sydney, Australia writes... I really love the soundtrack in the scene where Maggie is shooting down the remaining Reapers. I'd be willing to bet big money that the composer was given the theme for 28 Days Later as a reference. There are so many similarities. The chords, the rhythm, the acoustic guitar. It was such a great moment in the episode. Now, Jason, I went ahead and pulled some audio from this episode of The Walking Dead and then from the 28 Weeks Later soundtrack. Uh, because Nathan sent in a link, sent in a link to some of that uh, soundtrack that I listened to, so I'm going to play those right now to sort of show the similarity. It's about a minute of each audio, and the first one is. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before we do that, yeah. I, I want to understand what Nathan means by big money. Like, are we talking like seven dollars here? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. That is that big money. Well, when I'm talking to my son and we're uh, having negotiations on uh, how many dollar bucks something costs, uh, you know, it can get into the tens of thousands of dollar bucks. Whoa, what dollar bucks? What's dollar that? bucks? It's from Bluey. You know that show Bluey. Uh, I know you haven't it. really watched it, but uh, when they talk about uh, money, they always talk about dollar bucks. So it's just kind of come into our family lexicon that okay. we talk about money. We're talking about dollar bucks. 
so they can get into tens of thousands of dollar bucks. But, uh, you know, when you want to bet somebody something around composer information, I mean, talking to Sawbuck here, we're, like, what are we talking about? What do you think he means by big money? Wow, big A hundred thousand dollars? You think, you, you think that Nathan bets that kind of money? Uh, that's, I mean, if he does all the all power to him, I mean, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of dollar bucks. It, it, it really is. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just wanted to have that conversation. So, yeah, okay, so we're going to play some audio here, and we're not going to bet on it, because the bet is whether or not the composer was given a reference material. Yeah, we have no way of knowing, but I, I think we can listen to this and, you know, see if you can hear the influence, hear the similarity maybe. Sure, sure. So the first one is from The Walking Dead. Uh, in that scene, you'll also hear some of the dialogue and stuff like that in there. And then the second clip is about 50 seconds from a track from 28 weeks later. So here we go. Okay, so Walking Dead audio while Maggie is killing the Reapers and then some sound from 28 weeks later. What do you think, Jason? Similar? Uh, Well, they had a very similar tempo. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, The instrumentation was different. So the uh, the 28 weeks later had uh, drums and a bass guitar Mm -hmm. and the main melody was played on uh, an electric guitar, whereas in The Walking Dead, we had a guitar and a violin uh, playing the the main melody, but no drums. Mm-hmm. And the Walking Dead one had my favorite thing I love to hear in music is uh, acoustic guitar being played, but then you you hear the uh, performer doing a slide on the on the strings to go from one hand position to another. Yep. You hear that. Zzz! Yeah. You know, I love hearing that in 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 recorded music. Absolutely love it. So. Um, uh, the only thing I, I'm having a hard time 
believing that uh, anything was similar other than the tempo. The tempo was exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, one was dun, 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 dun. The other one had a different, uh, the 28 weeks later had a different melody. It did have a different melody, but I think it was a little bit more than just the tempo, right? Because as you said, The Walking Dead was sort of that do, 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 do. And then the 28 we- weeks later was similar, but it was it was like a rising melody a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know that I could sing it, but it was more dun, 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 something like that. So yeah. I, I can, I, I would absolutely believe that Nathan might win his big money bet by, you know, betting that there was an influence there for sure. You know, maybe, maybe the composer, whether he was instructed to go listen to this or not, I don't know. I mean, the composer's job is to, to write the music. So, you know, maybe he was just a fan of that and it, and people are influenced by things they like all the time. So I'm, I'm having a hard time because I agree that they are similar, but I can't quantify it because right. everything I look at uh, is a, is a differentiator, right? Different instrumentation, different uh, melody, uh, similar tone, but I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the tempo is the only thing I can really lock into that was similar between the two. But it's funny so, because you say everything is different yet, admittedly, they're similar, which which is kind of how influence works, you know? It is. And, they've, you know, people have gone to court over this kind of stuff where yeah. they go crazy and it's like, okay, the, the phraseology in this is similar to the song that I wrote and that they absolutely listen to. It's like, yeah, but that's the same as fucking Mozart and Bach did the same thing. It's like, no, you can't say that that's yours because that chord structure or even the, uh, you know, the, the spaces between the notes uh, are the same as uh, these hundred other songs. Yeah. So, but it sounds similar, but you can't quantify. I can't quantify. I lack the, I lack the language mm-hmm. and understanding to, uh, to, to quantify why it's similar, but I absolutely agree that it is similar. Yeah. I just don't know why. Well, I mean, no matter what though, I think both of those songs are amazing and there's a lot more to the 28 weeks later one. Um, so go seek that out. But, I think both are amazing, and I also think it's incredible how uh, impactful it is listening to The Walking Dead audio without the visual. Like, if you don't get chills listening to that, and and I know some of the dialogues in there and stuff like that, I don't know what's wrong with you, because you do not need to see what's happening on screen to, at least for me, to be really emotionally affected by that, by just that yep. soundtrack, that music. Well, there was lots of splats. I mean, I guess it helps that I I can imagine it in my mind. Like, had I heard that having never seen the episode, I wonder if I would have the same reaction. I don't know. But but regardless, the music adds so much to a piece of visual medium uh, that it's absolutely incredible. I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. All right, who's up? You or me? Uh, Me's up. Okay, so next we have an email from Robert in Blue Springs. Jason, that's me, has mentioned a damsel in distress a couple of times in the past when it comes to the Reapers. Uh, I would have been very disappointed, or I would have been disappointed in the show if any of our heroes would not have been a damsel in distress against them. I couldn't imagine a more formidable force or individual than an apocalypse-hardened ex-special forces ex-merc 
the military training and the discipline to execute tactical missions, the civilian training and operations afterwards where they weren't limited by military laws and hand-to-hand combat and weapons training. So Robert's point here is that uh, Maggie and Negan and Elijah fighting Carver in the hallway, he is this ex-Special Forces highly trained guy who has now given like free reign of the apocalypse which means, yeah, he's going to be a really hard guy to kill, a really skilled fighter. So it's not so surprising that he really held his own against the three of them in that hallway. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, you know, uh, there's, uh, once again, I'm going to go to YouTube. I spend way too much time on YouTube, I think. Clearly. Uh, clearly. So there's, uh, you know, video of, uh, you know, different soldiers on on YouTube doing things that, uh, uh normal people wouldn't be able to do like uh one guy's teaching another guy how to shoot how to fire a weapon and the uh, the brass shell gets ejected and the guy just reaches out and catches it right it's just it's got this projectile <laughs> flying out of a weapon and the other guy just catches it and then he throws it away because it's super fucking hot and you don't want to hold on to it very long right so and then there's another footage of this uh this guy in military uniform like an address uniform taking his garbage out to the corner or to the to the end of his uh, end of his driveway, and there's a guy hiding in the uh, in the garbage can, right? Just to okay. play a pra- practical joke. So sure. as he gets to the corner, the guy pops out of the garbage can. Uh, the soldier just punches him in the face, like th- within like uh, a thirtieth of a second. It's just and with his left hand, it's just like okay, uh, you know, unknown thing surprised me. Punch it, right? Uh, you know, just the reaction time uh of that soldier to do that obviously means that there was some training involved mm-hmm. uh and you know and some skill and practice 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 of uh uh so just things like that it doesn't surprise me that an ex special forces ex merc uh, uh apocalypse hardened uh, unrestrained military guy uh shows up in a hallway with three people and just beats the living shit out of them right he knows what he's doing He's had the training and the practice. And I that video of the guy in the garbage can sounds hilarious, actually. Yeah, you should go seek it out on YouTube. Get into a, You know, if you wanted to get into a YouTube spiral, I could give you links all day long. <laughs> You're the man to talk to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Some of them are three hours long, you know. Jesus. There's one guy uh, that just, uh, uh, called Folding Ideas. So you should check this out. This guy's great. Uh, he just, the information he gives is very dense. And he talks for a long time, uh, and there's some really good stuff uh, on there. Like there was, there's a three-parter that takes like four hours, where he talks about Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, not a movie or book I've seen or read, so that well, might go it, over it, my head. It does not matter. He talks about exactly what it is, uh, what the social impact of it is, and analyzes the living bejesus out of it, and it's fantastic. I mean, if you're watching four-hour YouTube videos, how do you get anything done in your life? That's maybe oh, yeah. a question I should not ask. Well, it's it, that was years old, but uh, it's that's the kind of thing. The most recent one is uh, he talks about uh, blockchain and Bitcoin stuff. Ah, fascinating. And very, very dense, and he talks fast, and he uses big words, and it, I really enjoy it. So you got to pay attention. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of paying attention, our next email comes from Jen in California, and she writes, I have to disagree with Jason's theory that Daryl and Maggie are in on it together. I think Maggie shooting the Reapers, even if she let Leah go, is going to cause a wedge in their relationship, even if he does consider her family. I don't know. She shot his girlfriend. What are you going to do? 
<laughs> you know, yeah. you think he holds a grudge against that kind of thing? Uh, he might. I don't know. There's definitely some sort of wedge between them right now. We saw it in this episode, right? Like Maggie leaves, doesn't say goodbye. She doesn't even say a word to him uh, after that point in the episode. So something's going on with them for sure. Whether they can make up enough to have some sort of plan, secret plan together against the Commonwealth is yet to be seen. But I could see it going either way. I do that's like why your the, theory that they're working together. That's why the con is working works so well. That's a good because point. Because the uh, you know the rift is believable. There's uh, there's some some truth there. Yeah, actually, that's a good point too. You know, it the best lies are rooted in truth, right? All lies are rooted in truth. Okay. Well, not all of them. Some of them are just fucking hogwash. <laughs> but doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a pretty good setup for. Something like this. So I'm super curious to find out where it goes. And you know what? Since the second episode is already out on AMC Plus, has been for a week, a lot of people listening to this might already have some answers. I don't know because I don't watch ahead until we've done both our podcasts about an episode. And uh, that means usually I watch the new one on Fridays, but here we are on a Friday recording, so I'm a day behind now. Um, But uh, either way, if you know already, don't spoil it for me. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I... Uh, me, because I'm the only one who could spoil it for you, because you know this is not real time on right. the internet. Right? I know, so <laughs> just don't, <laughs> there's a delay here. Don't spoil it for me, man. <laughs> okay, so I won't spoil it for you. Good. but I'm locked in time. I don't watch ahead, nor do I watch behind. So uh, I am always in the present, uh, completely uh, unknown. All information from the Walking for the Walking Dead is completely unknown to me, unless listeners write in. The show shows it to me or you tell it to me. Right. We are your sources. Yeah. I have no no other sources. Uh, all right. So next uh, I'm up, right? So next we have an email from Kat in New Jersey. I think the Commonwealth intentionally led the arrival to Alexandria without Eugene in the front. That is the Commonwealth way to enforce that they are in charge. It would have been more settling... Uh, to the residents of Alexandria to have Eugene there to say, hey, everything's okay, but the Commonwealth wants to be intimidating and show their force. They capitalize on their own citizens making the career choices for them, ensuring all of the upper classes' needs are met. And people who don't follow the rules get carried off. Uh, It is in the Commonwealth's best interest to use Alexandria and its people to meet its own needs, so I think they are purposefully... Sorry, I think they purposefully didn't have Eugene greet them as a form of intimidation and to show that Eugene holds no power there either. I do like Kat's theory here, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, if that's what they were doing, why would they just let him run up to the front anyways and be like, wait, 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 we're all friends? To show that he has no power, right? Like to, uh, sh- to, show, to, to show that he, like he had to do that sort of thing. Yeah, he's the buffoon. Like they still needed to right. to get into uh, to they needed to make things peaceful so that they could get in the door. But they also wanted to show force. So showing force and then letting Eugene uh, run up and say, "Oh, it's okay. We're okay. Everything's fine here. How are you?" Uh, so that accomplishes three things that Cat uh, has here, and I think it's fantastic. Is one uh, they show their force. It's a Commonwealth way. It's a show of force. They've projected yeah. their uh, their intimidation. Uh, two, they get in the door uh, so that they can have this conversation, so that they can get Alexandria to do whatever bidding that they have 
uh, in mind for them. And three, they show that even Eugene, uh, who was out seeking them out, has no power. Mm-hmm. So it accomplishes three things. I think maybe we're overthinking the whole thing, but all of those three things uh, are accomplished by this uh, by this happening. And seems like they're in the Commonwealth's wheelhouse of the kind of thing that they do, right? Yeah, I can't imagine somebody you know envisioning this kind of thing and having it play out so perfectly. But that's just me. I'm not a manipulator at heart. Mm-hmm. I'm a demander. <laughs> super liminal. It's not subliminal. It's super liminal. Yeah. All right. I yell it. If, if I want something, I yell it at you that I want it. All right. Well, very good. But all right. Well, thank you, Kat, for that. I mean, I think it's all great stuff. And uh, if indeed this is what the Commonwealth is doing, like it just shows how cold and calculating they are. Nothing is an accident. Everything they do is 100% on purpose. Yeah, and that's how cults work. That's how they No matter work. what happens, it was always intended. All right. Very cool. All right. Here comes a call from Reese. Hi, Chris and Jason. It's Reese from the UK. Just ringing in with my feedback on the new episode in season 11. Well, it started off with some, uh, you know, cheesy CG <laughs> exploding zombies, uh, which was, you know, it was okay. It did the job. Um, I loved all the way that the Reaper stuff ended up. Um, I'm a bit concerned about the fact that it left a chick out there, though, because I feel like she is going to come back and bite them in the bottom at some point. Um, but it was nice to get that story wrapped up. Also, kind of question mark on where Negan has ended up now, uh, concerned and confused as to why he's not going to be part of the show, potentially, but I'm pretty sure they'll find a way to bring him back, or maybe this is the Negan spin-off. Other than that, great when they got back and they got to see everyone and just had that lovely moment of everyone being together. It's like the bit that they normally get wrong in The Walking Dead and they don't give us that payoff, but they really did in this one and it was just, it was absolutely awesome. I loved that. And then we get hit right in the kisser with a twist at the end now it seems so great on the surface and then they're like six months later daryl's a stormtrooper uh, what I-, I can't wait to hear your guys thoughts on this pretty sure that daryl's a lich he might have been the lich the whole time but anyway thank you so much for an awesome show guys love it peace out goodbye Thanks, Reese. So everybody wanted to talk about so many different things. I had trouble ordering stuff for, for this uh, episode of feedback. Uh, so we've already talked about Leah coming back. In terms of why did Negan leave? Obviously, he's not gone forever. He needs, he's going to be on the show still. Negan spinoff? Great idea, though, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like- Come I'd rather on. a Father Gabe spinoff than a Negan spinoff. I hear you. you I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan could do some good work in another show. Right, I think uh-huh. uh, his entertaining, suave, uh, you know, uh, swagger can be better utilized in another show than a spinoff of Negan, like a non-Walking Dead show. Non-Walking Dead, oh. like make give, give him make him a love interest in something, and I'm sure that well, uh, it'd be fine. He's done that before. Well, we- it's his wheelhouse, right? So, yeah. but he does things every now and again uh, that is outside of that, but. Yeah, I I I I think that uh, a Negan spinoff is unnecessary. Jeffrey Dean Morgan and other shit, fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Although after people saw Here's Negan, you know the episode of his backstory, everyone was like, "Ah, give me more of that, please." That was so uh, good. He's an evil bastard. That 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 uh, that show that episode uh, made me think worse of him. And he was the one that you know blatantly murdered Glenn and Abraham with a fucking baseball bat that was sentient. Well, listen, man, you and a lot of other people can't get over that. I don't fault you for it in any way because it was pretty brutal. Uh, in terms of Daryl, uh, you know, I mentioned on the 
the last podcast that I think Daryl being a stormtrooper is just kind of them giving him a job. Like you look at Daryl and you're like, what can he do? Well, he's a soldier. He can put on the foam armor and do his thing. I don't know if there's he's, anything more to that. He's not a soldier though. That's a horrible job for Daryl. Uh, you know, I've been, this has been mulling around, rattling around in the, uh, uh, the bedpan of a brain I have, uh, <laughs> Gross. You, well, you, I'm just trying to think of something that you put a ping pong ball in and have it rattle around. Uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking of urine and feces, but whatever. Uh, so I've been thinking about this and Daryl would make a horrible soldier. He doesn't listen to other people. He doesn't lead people very well. He's a loner. He goes off into the woods by himself with his dog and uh, a crossbow and a motorcycle and his angel vest. He's a he's a lone wolf out there doing his own shit. He would make an absolutely horrible soldier. I get that. I totally do. But like, lone wolf is not a job. Like what job could no, they it's give not, him? No, he could be a hunter, you know, yeah. he could, uh, he could be a scout. He could be, uh, I'm, I'm thinking Calamity Jane. Do you know who Calamity Jane is? Yeah. Uh, she was a scout and, uh, you know, just go out, mm-hmm. do some shit, uh, find out what the hell's going on out there, come back, tell other people this other shit's going on out here. And it's like, that's fucking great. Thank you for telling me. Here's $5 bucks. I guess that's a good point. Like he could do something like that. I was just thinking though, like he can use weapons. He can fight. Like those are sort of soldier qualities. Yes and no. I yeah. mean, being a good soldier also means discipline, self-discipline yeah, I know. and, uh, and working in a, uh, an organizational structure, uh, supporting other people and having them support you. Uh, you know, whether it's up the com- chain of command or down the chain of command or f- with, uh, with your buddies, right? You're not fighting, uh, look at the, look at the, um, the Spartan shield wall, right? You have these shields, your shield is big enough to protect half of you and half of somebody else. It's not big, it, it does not, it's not meant to protect all of you. You need another guy beside you in order to protect all of you. And that guy needs you beside them. Right. A shield dropper is absolutely someone that is the worst kind of soldier because if you drop your shield, you're fucking up you and your buddy. So Daryl's not that guy. He's just not. I know. he's. Yeah, maybe he's turned over a new leaf. Maybe all this like family stuff and living with people and people he likes has, has changed him a little bit. And maybe he, he is that like uh, allies first kind of guy, you know? I don't know. That's why I got to think this is a con of some kind. Yeah. Like he's pretending this. It's like Carol going into the kingdom and, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on, but it's so wonderful. Sure. I would like to bake pies for you. Yeah. And we we haven't seen it on the episode yet, but we know Carol goes in there and she's working at the, the bakery. We saw this in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler or anything. And hell, maybe it's an episode two, which I haven't seen yet. I mean, episode 10, (laughs) which I haven't seen yet. Uh, so like maybe the conspiracy is bigger, you know, maybe they're all in on it, in on it in maybe. some way. Right. Or maybe Daryl's a lich. I hadn't considered that, <laughs> but I'm, I'm warming up to it. Sure. Somebody is. That's for sure. You know, maybe, you know, we have undead. We know undead is a thing, right? Absolutely. This, this, the show is all about the walking dead. It's undead. Why huh. can't we have other types of undead? Your vampires, your... Well, I guess mummies are just zombies that are really old, right? <laughs> so, uh, we, and, and liches, why can't you have a lich? 
Yeah. There's, there's no reason well, we can't, we, why you can't have this. It's been a while. The lich, but the lich has come up before. So here we yeah, go but again. Daryl's a lich this time. Yeah, that's new. He's been undead the whole time. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh my God. What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> and Enid is a vampire. Uh, naturally. Or was a vampire. I'll concede she's dead if uh, you'll concede that she was a vampire. Okay. She wasn't a spy. She was uh, uh, a daytime vampire because she was out in the daytime too. So that kind of fucks all that up. Yeah, she was. All right. Well, there you go. I have no idea where we are. Trish. A call from Trish. Ah, well, thanks, Chris. Uh, Next, we have a call from Trish. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. Here we go. Hey, team. It's Trish in Boston. And I have to say, this episode should have been called No More Fucks to Give. Because clearly, um, Gabriel had no more fucks to give. And Maggie had no more fucks to give. And I'm pretty sure Negan saw the writing on Maggie's wall that it was time to skip town. Uh, I'm sad to see Aiden go, and uh, is it just me, or was Father Gabriel hitting the gym on this little uh, sabbatical that we've had since we've seen them last? So, very excited. It was a pretty good episode, a lot of action. Somebody must have been teaching them some punches and kicks and stuff, because it was a good fight scenes. Anyway, can't wait to hear everybody's response. Talk soon. Thanks, Trish. So is she saying Father Gabe is looking like extra buff now, like he's pumped up a little bit? Well, he's hitting the gym. I, I, I assume that that's what that means. Yeah. Well, why not? I mean, Call Me Gabriel has uh, got some pipes now, maybe. I didn't really notice myself, but I'm, I'm going to look for it now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Totally. All right. Thanks, Trish, for that. Next is a call from Jennifer. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jason. This is Jennifer in Minneapolis, and I'm calling because I like hearing calls myself, so I'm going to try this. Um, Last week's episode was totally amazing, and I loved it so much. It had me on the edge of my seat for the entire episode, and I wanted to talk about just my emotions through the episode because I like went through the whole run of emotions and I just thought it was totally amazing. Number one, so scared for Aaron's life. I thought, oh my God, holy shit, if Aaron gets bit, I'm just going to be so angry. I was really scared for him. And even though they yada yada out over the um, the rope thing, which my husband and I were like, what in the hell? Um, I loved that scene and I was actually really afraid for him. So there, there was my fear. I really cried when um, Maggie had to put Alden down. I just felt so bad for her. I felt like she had made a really hard decision by leaving him at that church and he died probably a horrible death and you know probably starved and bled out and he couldn't even walk and I just really really felt for her. I really cried for her and she was Lauren Graham did a great job acting in that moment also so kudos to her. Um, and then my sheer happiness and like schoolgirl heart palpitation when Daryl dropped the bushel of apples when he saw Connie. Oh, just lifted my heart and I thought it was just so sweet and I just love them together and Carol and Daryl are my favorite characters but Connie is really um, coming up there. I love her so much. Also, one more quick aside. Um, the last call you played was um, during the um, thing for the promo and it was from a girl named Grace and she was a young person like 18 or something and she said she'd grown up with the show and 
she just recently found you guys and she watched she listened to all of the podcasts and I thought that was totally amazing like I teared up a little in the car listening to that because I was like that's really awesome that somebody 11 12 years later is just finding this podcast and joining this community which I think is so awesome that we have um around this long-running show so Grace if you're out there thank you for your call and just thank you for like making my day so thanks for everything you do guys um hope to hear from you soon and sorry this went on so long but I just had to talk about that so thanks so much have a great day bye Amazing. Thank you, Jennifer. So roller coaster of emotions for her watching the episode mm-hmm. and roller coaster of emotions for me too, listening to her call because of that last bit about a call we played two podcasts ago when we talked about the trailer for this part of the season. And we had a caller named Grace, who, as Jen said, you know, told us she watched all our ep- or listened to all of our episodes and stuff like that. And Jennifer got emotional listening to her talk about that and thanks her for making her day. And I'm like, what are we doing here? We are <laughs> we are connecting people that live in different parts of the country, the world, whatever, who don't know each other. And through one phone message uh can have that kind of effect on each other like it makes me want to like get grace and jennifer together and have them become best friends Uh, you know i know that's ridiculous but i i'm also sort of like this is so freaking cool to hear things like that there are people out there that don't know each other but are connecting and identifying in that sort of way all over this silly zombie show we watch and this silly podcast we do about the silly zombie show so It was weird listening to that, but also really, really nice for me. And I wanted to thank Jennifer for the call and Grace for the call and for everybody else out there who's had a similar experience because it was quite something. Yeah, the community that we have around here uh, for this podcast and this show is... uh is really wonderful. Like, it is nice and it hits me right in the feels, right? It it, it makes me feel good uh, when we hear stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, it just can't not. Right. And I never really expected that when we, we started this, I mean, it's this kind of thing has been happening over the years. Right. But it's, it's rarely that kind of direct, you know what I mean? And it's just so cool. So, you know, thanks to everybody who, who does that. And in, in a way, our, our next, uh, I mean, we got another email and one more call to play and they're sort of, along these lines as well um so let's uh let's move on to this next one here jason all right so it's uh, an email from lewis in norwich england uh he writes at the start of the pandemic i decided to start re-watching the walking dead from the beginning having just watched season eight episode 16 wrath i have now finally reached the point where i began listening to you guys i only discovered you at the start of season nine so i thought i'd send you a quick thank you email it just so happens that there are a few points uh, in that very podcast, number 374, that I wanted to bring up. So here they are. Number one, throughout the season, you have referred to Alden as Handsome Al. If he manages to make it out of that church where Negan and Maggie left him, could you please reinstate that nickname? For the record, I want to reinstate that anyways. So I, I had forgotten all about that. And if Alden comes up for whatever reason from here yeah. on in, Handsome Al. He's very pretty. Yes, he is. 
All right. So number two, towards the end of the podcast, Jason, that's me, posits that the possibility that Maggie could potentially be the season nine antagonist before stating how much he would hate that. Interesting. <laughs> that that's a that's not a true fact. That can't be true. <laughs> Number three, when doing your Patreon shoutouts, two patrons are both named Stephanie, and Jason makes a joke about them not being the same sp- same person, uh, same person, spooky or what? Yeah. And four, finally, and the most importantly, Jason speaks emotionally about the flashback scene featuring Rick walking with young Carl, as the father of a pandemic baby. These scenes moved me even more this time around and listening to Jason getting nostalgic about the future with his own young son son was very touching. I just wanted to remind Jason of that feeling now that his son is a bit bit older and those walks are probably commonplace. Maybe he can take a moment to be nostalgic about the present. Thank you all for uh, for the work you guys do. I've had a tough couple of years and I've really valued your company. See what I mean? Jason, that that's hard to read. That last one that just makes me choked up a bit. <laughs> well, I I didn't plan on you reading that. I sort of planned where we start a little bit and then just go from there. And as you know, we alternate. But yeah, this is what I mean. Like, yeah, not only point number four there uh, about you and your son and so on, and the amount of things that we've opened up about on the show over the years. It's I think is very very cool. Uh, And the listeners do the same thing sometimes. And, you know, whatever, Lewis, you're going through with the last couple of years, whatever small, tiny, tiny, minuscule, insignificant part we played in, like, helping you through that, you know, fantastic. I I wish we could do more of that. That's the part that gets me in the feels. I mean, uh, we'll talk about the the walk with uh, uh, Rick and Carl in a second. But uh, you know, it has been a, cu- a tough couple of years. It's been it's been tough on a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, I personally have gone through uh, you know some rough t- periods just mentally over the last couple of years, and I have it easy, right? Just sure. in the grand scheme of things, uh, the the pandemic on me was relatively straightforward, and I feel glad about that. But it's still been tough, and the people have had a tough time. And if there's any way we could have helped and did help, then uh, that just makes me feel so much better about strapping on the old microphone every uh, every couple of weeks. Totally. Twice a week or whatever, what have you. Yeah. And uh, about walking with, uh, with Jasper, uh, yeah, I still think of that moment in uh, The Walking Dead where uh, Rick is walking with Carl. I'm starting to get choked up already. There's a picture in my kitchen that Jenny took uh, a couple of... Uh, seasons ago, I'm not sure exactly when, but uh, where we have a picture of me and Jasper holding hands, standing at the lakeshore. Uh, I'm, you know, holding his hand partially because I like holding his hand and I think it's nice. <laughs> yeah. And partially because uh, we were standing on uh, pretty close to a cliff edge and I didn't want them to go diving off into the lake. Uh, so, yes, absolutely. Uh, when he absolutely refuses to hold my hand unless it's absolutely something that he wants to do, uh-huh. and it makes me happy when he does. Of course it does. Of course it does. And you got to cherish these times, right? Because they won't last forever. Uh, Different and better and worse times are coming. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's going to think I'm a shithead for years coming up. I mean, hopefully not, but... Oh, I'm sure he will. Children, kids change. They change fast. And so, you know, not many people see that coming. And he absolutely still wants to cuddle while watching TV. And I'm all for it. I'll do that until he's 20 years old. 
Like if he wants to cuddle while watching TV, fine. Why not? You know, jump, jump in my lap. Let's, uh, let's watch some TV. But, uh, he still likes to cuddle and it's my, it's, that's it. That's my, that's my favorite thing. I, I can see why. I, and it makes me so sleepy. I just want to take a nap every time. He just warms right in and I'm like. Oh, dad fell you know, asleep again. <laughs> you know I can fall asleep anywhere. I do. I do. I've shared the odd hotel room with you and you sleep yeah. anywhere. And, and movie theater. Oh yeah, movie theater. Yeah. I had to I wake him up in a the movie, movie theater once. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Good, good times. All right. Well, before we, I don't know, degrade into sniveling balls of mess here i'm going to play the last call and it comes from carly hello talking dead podcast so i am going back and listening to all of your episode recaps um i stopped watching the walking dead mid season eight and so i'm listening to all your recaps and i'm gonna see if that motivates me to to finish the show but i was just listening to episode 104 which is you're recapping a season three I think episode 10 of the, of the show. And you talk about wanting to do a series finale screening in a theater with a bunch of other podcasters. And now I'm really curious if y'all are going to be able to do that. It makes me very, very sad to think that the show is ending when uh, large group gatherings are probably not the, the, the best idea. So anyway, I'm, I can't wait to hear what you all have to say um, for the rest of the series and then also what happens with the series finale. By the way, I'm Carly. I'm calling from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Thanks, Carly. Speaking of series finale parties, viewing party, whatever, um, there has been some talk between myself and Jason Capassi from Podcastica about doing something. Now, it's going to be in California. It's not going to be <laughs> here in Toronto where you and I are, Jason. Yep. Um, but if it happens, I am going to do my best to go to it and participate in it if I can. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case yet. The series finale will be sometime in the fall of 2022, assuming... I feel like traveling and it's safe to travel and we aren't in a massive pandemic resurgence at that point. I'm going to do my best to go. Uh, at this point, though, nothing is set in stone. There is no official plan yet, but there has been some talk. So if there's a thing happening, I'm going to be there. Carly, I think you should come too. And everybody around the world should come to it if you can. Uh, but as of right now, not a lot of information. So I'm not officially announcing anything. I'm just saying there's been some talk. <laughs> and if there is going to be a thing, you will hear about it here. Absolutely. Yeah. And if there is going to be a thing, uh, Chris, you have my proxy. I do. Okay. Very good. Yeah. You're welcome so to I, come too, of course, if you really no, want to. No, and I understand that. But, uh, you know, I don't like going anywhere at the best of times. I know. So, uh it's tough. You're, I mean, California, that's, uh, if it was in Hawaii, uh, maybe. I mean, <laughs> San Francisco, California's man. nice. California's uh, really nice. The Frisco, yeah. There's a big zoo there, I've heard. Well, San Diego has the big zoo. Oh, so that's San Francisco, right. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. Well, 
in any case. Alcatraz, that's right. That's cool. I've been there. Uh, I'm the opposite of you in that I love going places, so any chance I get, I like going places. I saw something on the uh, on the uh, on Reddit the other day where it was a picture of a kid with a backpack, and it said, uh, you know, the people that say go big or go home really underestimate my uh, desire to just go home. I saw that same thing. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. There's plenty of times where I really just want to go home. But when it comes to seeing new places, traveling somewhere, not that San Francisco is new. I've been there a couple times in my life. Uh, I I love, I jump at the chance. I, I love it. Work travel, sign me up most of the time. It's yeah. weird. I know. Yeah. Zero interest. I know. I know. But you've the never... only time I've ever gone anywhere, you had to drag me kicking and screaming, basically. Yeah, I know. I know. But we've gone some some okay places, you know, New York City a couple times or once together. Uh, yeah. Well, I went once with you and once on my honeymoon. Right. Fair enough. Dif- different different times. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, everybody. I know those last few calls and emails weren't really directly related to the episode, but... I think you understand why I had to play them. Uh, but thank you so much for to everyone for writing and calling in. It is a great, great start to this middle section of the final season of The Walking Dead, and I hope it just gets better from here. Not just the episode, but also everybody who's sent in their comments and thoughts and stuff like that. So great work. Um, I am super appreciative of it all. I do want to send a thank you out before we go to a new patron, and that is from Jan E. in Germany. Thank you so much, Jan, for signing up at patreon.com slash thetalkingdead. When we come back to do our recap episode of episode 10, we will, of course, be giving away another prize to one of our patrons selected randomly in whatever interesting fashion Jason has in store for us on Monday. The prize for episode 10 is a Sasha Funko Pop, just to remind everyone. Ah. Yeah, cool little one. If that's your kind of thing, uh, good luck to you. Our winner will be chosen from all of our patrons, as I said. And you can join at any time. So go to patreon.com slash thetalkingdead to sign up there. Not only are you going to be part of the giveaways for the rest of the season but we really really appreciate everyone who chooses to support us in that way um it really speaking of warming my feels or something like that it does that too <laughs> nice yeah it warms the cockles of your heart it sure does it sure does all right speaking of our next podcast that is going to be season 11 episode 10 it is called new haunts I think it's pretty clear what that means as we're moving into a new location, it seems like, on the show. And if you want to do a title read, by all means, record yourself saying new haunts, and I will play as many as I can on the podcast when we recap it on Monday. So get those in. Otherwise, everyone, if you want to get in touch, that's a great a great way to do that is visiting TalkingDeadPodcast.com, clicking on send voicemail at the top, recording a message for us. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or send your emails to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, Jason, anything else? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up here for the night? Nope. Perfect. That's what I expected. In that case, we'll be back soon in a few days. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday night. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. I love you. 